morning, all you entrepreneurs and small business people out there. You are listening to the Savvy Entrepreneur Show. If you're a small business person, you are in the right place. I'm Doris Nagel, your host for the next hour. The show has two goals, to share information and resources, because I, as an entrepreneur, have made so many mistakes. My clients have made lots of mistakes, and I've had friends and family who've also made lots of mistakes. If I can help just a couple of you out there not make some of those mistakes, then I've been successful. The second goal is to inspire. I found at least that being an entrepreneur is often confusing, lonely. You have no idea sometimes if you're on the right track or not, or where to turn for good advice. So to help with both those goals, I have guests on the show every week who are willing to share their stories and their advice. And this week's guest is Nakaira McCann. She is the founder of a company called Still Standing that focuses on mental health. And she's joined me this week to share her journey as an entrepreneur and also to talk about an issue that even though there's growing awareness of mental health still is not really talked about or addressed enough. So Nakaira, thanks so much for being on the show today. Welcome to the Savvy Entrepreneur. Oh, thanks for having me, Doris. Thanks for having me. I'm, I'm glad to be here. I am glad you're here, too, because what you're doing is so meaningful and important. And I know it's personally important to you. But let's start out talking just a little bit about Still Standing. What does it do? Who's it designed to help? And why did you decide to found the company? There must be a gap that you thought needed to be addressed. Yeah, so Still Standing Enterprise uh, started with my own personal story. Uh, At the age 20, I was diagnosed with a mental illness, um, just had several hospitalizations, isolation, 18 hours. And so I just wanted a, a platform, a sort of to give hope and inspiration to others through my story, through my suffering. And I wanted a way to advocate for others through my injustice of my mental health episodes so that they don't have to endure my suffering. So I created Still Standing Enterprise, which is downtown Madison, Wisconsin. And I specialize in mental health wellness. So I am now a rehabilitation worker with Dane County, and I specialize in workshops and seminars pertaining to mental wellness. Well, if you're willing, I'd love to hear a little more about the story of the pain that you experienced, because I think I think talking about it is part of the solution. At least that's my perspective. I don't know if you agree or not, but I think people need to understand the pain that a lot of folks are in that deal with mental illness. And lots and lots of people do in some form of mental illness at some point in their life, right? Yes. So one in five adults will experience a mental illness in America. One in five. I'm almost surprised it's not higher than that, but that's a lot. Yep. Yep. So my, my pain and my suffering, when I would have mental health episodes, I would end up in jail and not in a mental institution. And my mother had to fight for me 
so hard to get me out of jail when I was should have been in a mental institution. And my last hospitalization at the age 28, I was dragged out of the church by a police officer, literally dragged from the front of the church to outside where the police car was parked. I was chained to a hospital bed where I spit in two police officer faces due to fear. Like I'm trapped to a bed, fearing for my life. What else could I have done? And I spit in two police officer faces. I was charged with two felonies. And so I had to do first offenders program and the charges were dropped a couple of years ago. But just that injustice, I had no idea. I had no control over the situation. I was experiencing a mental health crisis. I'd like to think you're talking about something 50 years ago, but I'm. No, this was uh, four years ago, four years ago. Yep. Wow. You know, it just goes to show the lack of understanding and the, the system's inability to catch people. You know, people like you are just falling through. And your experience is pretty tangible, right? I mean, I guess I'm personally disturbed by the fact that I've had any number of friends and friends of friends tell me about teen suicide. And in most cases, they say they never saw it coming. Mm -hmm. So, wow, we've got to do more to try to help identify some of these issues, right? Yes, yes. And the teen uh, mental health rate is going up. Uh, You're hearing lots more about teens and the youth and just the issues that they're sort of facing within their homes and within schools and, you know, just everywhere that they go. So I do believe that it is, and now is the right time. You know, like we've come from it being this way for so long that it's like now was a time to help for the betterment of us all moving forward. You know, um, I'm struck by the amount of pain that's in your voice and I'm still hearing the pain in the parents' voices talking about their kids. I mean, and I myself have dealt with depression. I've dealt with anxiety. I know lots of people, if you're willing to kind of bear your soul a little bit, will say the same thing. So it's pretty clear to me why you're so passionate about this. A lot of that has been talked about because of COVID and the pandemic mm-hmm. uh, and, you know, the increase in mental health issues. Are you think mm-hmm. those are real or is it just people are talking about them more or both? So I think that the issue was sort of always there, you know, but it was overlooked due to the stigma or people believe in that, you know, okay, because you have a mental illness, you're just crazy. So people don't want to talk about it. They don't want to come out about it, that they have a mental illness when really it's not even the sense of just you being crazy. Like sometimes people have chemical imbalances in their brain and you need to be leveled out so that you can complete your day-to-day tasks. So it's not that you're crazy or you're this delusional person. Sometimes it can be a physical issue with your brain. So I just feel that um, maybe COVID brought more of awareness, brought it more to the surface on the issue that was suppressed. 
But I'm just glad that it's happening now, right? It's better now than later. Why as a society do you think we have been so reluctant to openly address and give credence to mental health issues? So with me, I am a woman of faith. So in my church, uh, they would say sort of that it was a spiritual battle, you know, like the devil's trying to get you. Yep, it's demons and it's a demonic attack. And in which in a sense it was, but I think that sort of the natural aspect needs to be sort of dealt with also, like I said, with uh, maybe a chemical imbalance or something like that. But I just think that it was just so overlooked just because of the stigma, really. And the stigma that comes with it, you have a mental illness, you're crazy, or you can't do what you need to do every day. Like no one wants that over their head, right? So it's, yeah, I think that that, that's just it, the stigma associated with it. Yeah, you were triggering in me as you were talking the shame element. There is for sure a shame piece of it that somehow if you were only strong enough or smarter or um, more together that you wouldn't have these problems. And, And I think that kind of permeates a lot of our society. You know, the American culture historically is kind of like tough it out, right? Be tough, be tougher than the next guy. And mental health doesn't quite fit in with that very well. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. But with with me, I sort of look at it as so at my church, I was uh, anointed prophetess and I had an apostle who sort of was just there for me during this sort of delusional state in my life. And he just sort of spoke life to me and, you know, anointed me prophetess and told me that I would speak to thousands. And that's what helped me to get through in my sort of delusional state. And today it's like, here I am. Everything that I ever imagined, everything that I said that I was telling people when they thought that I was crazy, I'm going to be on TV. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that it's really happening, right? So I believe that even in the sense to delusion or people having mental illness, like sometimes there's truth to things. So don't always think that just because someone has a mental illness that they're just crazy, they're out of their mind, they don't know what they're talking about. Like really get in depth with them and try to figure out like, okay, what are you thinking and how can I help instead of bashing or tearing down? You know, the other thing you said that struck me as really important is you were very lucky in that you found someone who could kind of be your anchor to help you through the really toughest of times. And so how do you help people find that anchor? And maybe that's part of what Still Standing is about. Yes. So my mother also, uh, so my mother graduated with her bachelor's in 2008. I had my first hospitalization at the age 20, maybe like a couple years after that, she was working in a psych unit. And so my mother was also my help. My mother, I remember times walking down the street and my mother was just like walking right beside me. I'm delusional. And She fought in the courtroom. She fought to get me the help that I needed. She fought for my charges to get dropped. And sort of my mother was sort of my anchor too. And that person that never gave up on me. And as to what you said, if you have one person who don't give up on you, 
you can make it through anything. And that's why I uh, wanted to establish Still Standing Enterprise so that I can be that help for others who need help as my mother and my apostle was to me also. Based on your training and talking with lots of people who have mental health challenges or have, have had them, what are some of the warning signs that maybe friends and family should watch out for? What advice do you give people about helping to reach out to people who may be experiencing trouble and maybe maybe they're, you know, they try to hide it because they're just convinced that if they work hard enough at it, it'll go away or they, they're ashamed of it or they're not even aware of it themselves of how, how bad things have gotten. So I would say some signs are that I noticed not sleeping, not eating, not taking medication. That was sort of bring me down on a downward spiral. And I would say to people who have sort of someone who's going through, like, don't be afraid to just knock on the door sometimes if you haven't heard from them. Don't be afraid to just, you know, show up and be and be present in their lives to help them to get better. Because sometimes that's what people need, just someone there, somebody that cares about them and their well-being. Yeah. Well, let's circle back to your business. You know, there's so many unmet needs when it comes to mental health. How did you focus on what you do focus on was still standing. I mean, how, how did you get started? How did you sort through all the things that could be done out there to help with mental health issues? So when I um, established Still Standing, uh, I thought what helped me. So in 2013, I did a movie about my life, Don't Judge Me, which was aired at a local theater. So I found that creative things like music, therapy, uh, just finding hobbies, writing, different things like that. That's what has helped me. So that's what I sort of implement with others. Therapy through art and music, seminars just for knowledge and different things like that. So I thought if it helped me, I know that it can help others. And so that's sort of how I started and how I sort of put, you know, everything together. And then I I'm now a rehabilitation worker with the county where I help people with skill development, medication management, physical health monitoring, and some other areas. So just that in itself uh, brings healing to myself to, to have come from such a place of darkness or such a place of pain, such a place of just destruction, what I went through, and to see myself today like, okay, I'm, I've been in recovery for years. Now I can help others. Now I can help others to reach their place of recovery and see better days for their future. So how did you get started? What was your first offering and how did you create it and how did you find clients and funding for it? So I have a contract with the county. So um, that's sort of how um, I am paid and it's funded through Dane County Department of Human Services, Dane County. So I just, hold on a second. How did you even know that there was a contract to be had and to get that contract? Yep. So I'm on the committee for the for Dane County uh, CCS. So uh, I was brought to the committee by my previous executive director. 
And then I was just learning more about the process. And then so I went through the process for the contract, got the contract, and then sort of now I'm working with clients. Great. How do you find clients and kinds of services you offer to them and and how you market those? Yep. So CCS is its own organization within itself. So clients come to their organization and then I get referrals for clients. So it's all, the clients are already there. They want the help. They want to be uh, cared for and they want to, to have a sense of recovery within their own lives. So for, I get referrals from other agencies for clients to work with me. I work with clients on different things like helping with uh, learning how to grocery shop or just confidence, different things like that. So it could be an area of, oh, I want to learn how to mow a lawn or whatever it may be. So just that sort of skill that they want to sort of build on to get better. Mental health has so many different aspects to it. It's like a, mm-hmm. like a diamond with a whole bunch of different facets, right? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there's suburban well-to-do teens who are suffering from depression and anxiety, there's college students, there's, you know, yeah. postpartum moms, there's, uh, <laughs> you know, and, and then there's, then there's a segment of people who are on the streets or have been in and out of the streets who probably struggle with maybe addiction issues as well as mental health issues. How do you pull all that apart and, you know, deal with some of the different kinds of needs? Well, I sort of look at mental health like not only is it just categorized within sort of uh, different people or different people who are going through different situations, but I honestly feel like mental health impacts everyone. I mean, you might get stressed from just being at work one day. So many clients are so many Uh, things that you have to deal with at work, or maybe you might lose a loved one and that can bring on stress. So it's not just putting it in separate groups. Like I just look at it like it impacts everyone and just sort of looking at it in the aspect of just dealing with people on the level that they're at. So if someone might need something different than someone else. So it's really just meeting people where they're at so that they can get well. Yeah. Well, where do you see your business going? I mean, you obviously could probably spend the rest of your days making a difference in the Madison area in Wisconsin. But my guess is your goals are a little more ambitious than that. Talk about where you'd like to see still standing going. I mean, what what does it look like two or three years from now if you're successful? So I would honestly like to be uh, international. International. Uh, Holy buckets. I thought you were going to say state of Wisconsin. <laughs> no. Um, I would love to, uh, to work on an international level. Like I've already been uh, featured in a newspaper in Africa and just, you know, every time when I go live, so many people from all over the world would write me and inbox me. So just really like reaching or having an impact, whoever, an impact all over. 
Like, I don't, I don't think that there is a limit to it. I want to go as far as I can because it's my passion and I just really have the, the, the desire and I see the great need and I yeah. just want to be that support for others. You, you bet. I was just thinking the need is just like a bottomless pit. So, yeah. you know, you're one human being though, Nakaira. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm guessing you're a very high energy woman who accomplishes an amazing amount, but you're still one person. So what needs to happen with your business in order to become an internationally recognized source for helping people with mental health issues? Yep, I would say um, just more partnering with more mental health agencies throughout the world and also funding, finding more funding more uh, resources to be able to sort of implement these things and to do the work. Where do you think funding might come from? Where are some of the things you're, you've been thinking about? Uh, possible investors. That's really have been what my key thing is investors. I know that, you know, that there's a lot of money in investments. And I know that my story and my mission and my purpose, someone will want to invest in it and to see the impact that I can have on the world. How will you show revenue? I mean, do you think that the contract that you have with the public health services in the Madison area or Dane County there, is that the same model you'd like to replicate with public health agencies around the U.S. and outside the U.S. too? So this will probably just be good for Dane County, but with with sort of expanding and uh, reaching out to different more agencies, it'll probably be contracts uh, to be able to contract with other agencies. I'm sure that can be a, a long process in some cases. I mean, you had an advantage in Dane County and that you were already on the inside track of the process, right? Yep. And I'm sure every agency has their own little quirks and timelines and budget considerations and boxes that need to get ticked. Yep. I'm guessing you, you're going to need help with that, right? Uh, yeah, just uh, like I said, expanding my team and sort of uh, having the right team in place to, to take on the assignment. Yeah. I'm curious if you have any stories besides your own of people that have been impacted by some of the appearances you've made or talks you've done or the helping hand that you've offered. Yeah. So I have a lot, a, a few, you know, just people who have been with me on my journey along the way that have been impacted by my recovery and just by my story and just, you know, I have, are just receiving sort of their healing and their uh, stability just from where I've came from because they've experienced me at my sort of instability and to see the transformation into recovery into stability. Like, I think that in itself was just enough for people to say like, wow, if Kyra did it, I know I can do it also. You know, it's interesting. I read something not too long ago talking about, I think the article was actually about teen suicide, but talking about mental health in general and said, 
But actually, one of the best things, it's counterintuitive maybe because certainly when you're dealing with it, the throes of a mental health issue, you need help. But the article said that one of the best ways is to actually help someone else. Mm-hmm. Do you think? Do you do you agree with that? It sounds like you I might. I do. I really do. I really do. I think that like how the uh, the peer support is now you know arising and different things like that. I just believe that. So my healing has really came in it, and it continue continues to come by helping others. I think that has been my biggest my biggest support in my recovery has been helping others. Because when I when I think about the pain that I've been through, I don't want someone else to experience that pain. So when I'm making a difference in their life and I'm seeing that they're being impacted in a good way, like that makes me feel good. So I totally agree. Yeah. You know, the other thing that is kind of concerning is that our healthcare system as it's currently set up is not really very mentally health friendly. Do you agree mm-hmm. with that? Yes. And I just know that like even in my uh, in my county, Dane County. So when I first had my first hospitalization, I was transported to a mental health agency here in town and they closed that facility. So when I was having hospitalizations after that, I would have to take a two hour drive all the way out just to get to a mental health facility. And so that in itself was frightening. It's late at night. I'm in handcuffs driving through the dark. Like that was crazy. So it's just like, I do believe like, it's just not a system of, of just, of just the knowledge of what people need really when it comes to mental health. And I just believe that things need to change and, once they change, I do believe that we can see mental health get better and for everyone and the, the care system to get better as well. People who have health plans, usually mental health coverage is very limited. Maybe you yeah. get six sessions or something and then you're on your own to try to pay for it. You know, it's not like it's a a rehab on your knee, you know, where you can go yeah. to a physical therapist six times and okay, now go home and do some exercises, right? Yep. Yep. It is sort of just, uh, sometimes you're on your own, you know, sometimes you're on your own and even some insurances are not accepted. And so that disqualifies people from getting treatment. So it is, it is definitely a barrier. Yeah. How do we as a society, do you think, get more funding, more realistic about what we need to do to help people with mental health issues? Well, I believe that the money is there, I feel like. And maybe, well, with the government, but maybe it's being put into things that that it doesn't need to go into. So maybe if, if mental health was a priority in funding, then maybe that could sort of help the issues. And I also believe that we can help by changing these laws, policies, and procedures to help uh, the with the system of mental health and the, the mental health care system. Yeah. Talk about how you started your company. When did you get started? And what have been some of the challenges you faced 
along the way so far? Yep. So I officially started in 2012, but then I, uh, that was just, so it was sort of just like a vision, a thought, right? Over the years, I would have it still seen in enterprise, still seen in entertainment. And so I just recently got the legal structure in September of last year, LLC. So uh, just really what have been some struggles along the way, I would say, just myself getting balanced, right? Myself. You're just laughing because every <laughs> entrepreneur, most of them who are honest and look in the mirror say, I'm my own biggest obstacle. <laughs> yes. So, with, you know, over the years of having hospitalizations, you know, it, getting balanced myself. And now that I'm in a better place and I'm getting better each day, I think that that has that will be the big success of my business to continue forward. What has in your past has prepared you surprisingly well to run a business? And what skills have you or gaps or things have you learned about yourself on the journey so far that maybe you weren't quite as prepared for? So I would say that what has helped me to be where I am today has been my story, right? My story. And in your story, you gain strength. In your story, you gain skills. In your story, what you go through, you gain knowledge to be able to help others. And I just believe that just my lived experience has sort of prepared me to be where I am today and the work that I want to do. And what is one thing that was sort of unexpected or that I need to get more prepared for, I would say is funded. Because if I have such a big vision, uh, 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 such a big mission that I want to accomplish, I need that big mission and vision funded behind me to be able to implement my services. Yeah, that's for sure. That's probably the other thing I hear the most talking to entrepreneurs is, yeah, the funding issue is definitely a pretty important one. What resources have you found along the way that have been helpful in your your business journey? Not so much your mental health journey, but your business journey. One of the biggest, and I'm going to tell you, the biggest thing that has helped me in my business journey is Google. <laughs> Google? Google? Yes. Google, tell me a mental health agency. Google tells you everything, whatever you need to know, go to Google. Like Google has like just helped me and given me so many sort of resources. So that has been like a key to like my success and being where I am and sort of partnering and finding different agencies have been Google. Are there any other entrepreneurs that have been helpful to you along the way? Yeah, I have a consultant. Uh, She... She has really helped with her consulting and helping me to sort of get everything in order on everything that I need to do. So just really um, a lot of people in the community have just been a great support, you know, so and I'm just forever grateful. Well, it takes a village, they say, and it really is true. It sounds trite, but it really is, I think, a very true statement. Yes. So you you have a lot of things you want to accomplish with still standing enterprises, but 
are there other things that you are hoping to accomplish in your professional and business career? Yeah, so I don't, not only do I do um, just mental health, I have a TV show, which is expanding to New York and also Chicago and some uh, cities and villages here in Madison. So just my TV show still standing and, you know, just also being a woman of God, I've always wanted to sort of preach throughout the world as a, as in my faith. So not only just, you know, still standing, there are other, other, other things that I hope to accomplish as well. Talk a little more about the TV appearances. That sounds pretty interesting. How did you go about that? Yeah, so I just pitched my uh, TV show to uh, Fishburg Fact TV years ago, and I've been just doing it ever since. And it's been a great experience. And then I just pitched it to other stations, and they wanted it. And then now it's expanded to, as I said, New York and Chicago. So You make this sound so easy. I, I'm, I'm not sure... Maybe it's just because it's the topic that's so relevant or you're just a better salesperson than you let on or I don't know, you're in the right place at the right time. What what do you attribute it to? I just attribute it to God, right? And him sort of leading me and guiding me and letting me know what doors to go through and what to do and just letting him be the head of my life and just letting him let me know what I need to do in life. So I just believe that, and it could just be my faith, you know, and just like you said, being in the right places at the right time. You know, whatever kind of religious orientation you have, I think that is a common theme I hear among entrepreneurs is you need to have faith. Whatever Mm -hmm. that wellspring of your faith is, you need to have it because there's a lot of days when things don't quite go the way you hope they do, right? Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, looking back over your journey so far, which is you're really just starting out though, but, you know, looking at it so far, because you've been thinking about this for a long time, what advice would you give to other entrepreneurs who are thinking about starting a business? And and in particular, maybe advice to women founders or founders who are women of color or other folks who just, frankly, it's a little harder. The track is just harder. Uh, I would say don't give up on yourself and don't doubt yourself. If you have a a thought, it starts with a thought, right? So write it out, write out what you want to do, see your vision, and then just implement it, turn it into action. And I believe that once you turn it into action, as you said, whatever your faith, whatever you believe in, whatever you go to, like lean on that and just know that, you know, you can do it. And you might've been through so much in life. You might've had barriers and breakdowns, whatever you've been through, but just know that your days can get better and anything you want to do in life, you can do it. That is very inspirational. Is there anything that looking back you'd have done differently? Um, looking back, I would say 
I don't know. That's that's a tricky question because it's like <laughs> it happened, right? It happened. And, well, it made and, a, and a lot of people, <laughs> yeah, people say it happened for a reason when it yeah. happened. You know, yeah. I, I'm not trying to trick you. I'm just curious of, you know, if there's anything in your journey that you you feel like it would be helpful to share with other people who are thinking about starting a business. No, I would just say, just go for it. It starts, it starts with that action. I would say, go for it. And, you know, there's many possibilities. Do your research, connect with organizations. If you have a business of mental health research, mental health organization, we have a TV show implement other resources of TV shows. So just really what area you're in, expand with other organizations who are like yours to, so that your business can become more. Yeah. And that you become part of a greater community of, yeah. and a network. Cause I do think, um, I do think it's important to keep connecting with people and to stay yeah. connected. Absolutely. So last question for you, how should people reach you if they're interested maybe in having you do a workshop or present, or maybe just want to know more about Still Standing Enterprises services and how they can get involved? Yep. So my website is stillstandingenterprise.com and I can be reached at Still Standing Enterprise number and that is 608 608- Two two four nine six five six, and we are available to help your mental wellness and recovery services. Well, I for one am glad that you're out there chipping away. There, it's just a little overwhelming sometimes to think of all the things that need to be done. And I am so grateful that you and all of your positive energy are focused on helping make a difference with it because we certainly do need it. So. Nakira, thanks so much for being on the Savvy Entrepreneur this week. I'm really glad you joined me. Thank you, Doris. Thanks for having me. Thank you. In the time we have left this week, I thought, you know, given my guest focus on mental health, that we might talk generally about mental health and specifically anxiety and self-doubt and how they affect entrepreneurs. You know, a lot of the reasons entrepreneurs struggle, frankly, I think, are mental. One common reason they give up, I I know, and I know I have given up in the past for this reason, is that I stopped believing in myself. Or maybe to be more accurate, I never really quite believed in myself to begin with. And being a successful entrepreneur is in large part about being a successful salesperson. People think about the sales aspect of starting a business when it comes to pitching, pitching to investors, pitch competitions. For sure, selling is really important then, but selling permeates all aspects of starting and building a business. You need to sell when you're asking friends and fun, uh, friends and family for uh, money or loan. You need to sell to the bank if you need a bank loan. You need to sell to service providers, especially if you're hoping to barter services early on when funds are tight or totally non-existent. You need to sell to those first employees to take a chance on the opportunity to be part of your growing idea before it really takes off. Because for them, there's a risk you 
they may not end up getting paid or have to look for a new job if you're a business creator. Listen to my interview with Melissa Keel, the CEO of Reiki Interiors. She talks about how she had a huge cash flow problem at one point. Her business was seriously in need of money and uh, she owed a lot of money to her suppliers. And instead she sold to them a package where they would all reduce the amount owed and accept payment from her over time. Now that, I think, requires some serious selling. And of course, the big one. You need to convince your customers that they need your products or your products or your services and that your offer is definitely worth paying for when there are usually lots of alternatives, some of which might even be less expensive than yours or better known. So, you know... uh, It's said that to be a great salesperson, you need three things. You need a great product or service, you need a great company that sells it, and you need to believe in yourself. And as a startup entrepreneur, while you may have a great product or service idea, or maybe it's in uh, a great, you know, a great light bulb, but ultimately at the very beginning you have only one of those things you have yourself you no one knows your product yet they don't know your company so you have only you and your belief in yourself and that's why it's so sad that a lot of businesses fail because ultimately the founder or owner ends up losing faith in himself or herself So what do you do? What if you find yourself doubting yourself and your abilities? Well, I, for one, there are lots of frameworks out there. There's lots of self-help books, um, inspirational TED Talks. You'll find lots of them if you go looking for them. But um, I personally love the framework set out by an organization called Soul Salt. And I'm unabashedly lifting some things from uh, a framework that they have Um, out there on their website and then I would encourage any of you who struggle with self-doubt to check out their site because they have some really good practical recommendations. They're first in their five-part framework to improve our belief in ourselves is first to work on your strength not your weaknesses. An interesting first step. Um, So you know, make a list of what your strengths are. Most of us already know what some of those are, but, you know, there's tools for that too. There's uh, the Strength Finder 2.0 quiz that's kind of fun to do. Or you can make a list of things people have told us over the years that we're good at. Make a list of your past accomplishments that have made you proudest or brought you the most satisfaction. I'll bet you'll start to see patterns. Then work on those strengths. Identify what you're not as good at that needs doing in your business and brainstorm about ways to help find, uh, to find places to help you with those. It could be a partner, a mentor, outsource it with a virtual intern, uh, with a virtual assistant or an intern. The second step in their goal, uh, in their, their framework is to be your own coach. Stop being judgmental, number one. 
write out the things about your business that you're not very happy with at the moment or not satisfied with and try to come up with little plans to improve each of those aspects. The third step in the framework is and related is embrace who you are. Stop trying to be someone who's not you. Look at whether or not you're trying to meet other people's expectations. Focus on your core values. Write down a list of things that are really important to you. Then start to be more observant of your own thoughts and emotions. Try journaling. Start noticing where there is a conflict or stress between how you feel and spend your time versus what's really important to you on that list of core values. Fourth, continually tell yourself you can do it. Yes, I know this sounds a bit Pollyanna-ish, be your own cheerleader, that sort of thing. But the fact of the matter is it's not just wishful thinking because if you believe you can do it, you tell yourself you can do it. It changes the way you see the world and yourself. And a lot of us, not just entrepreneurs, a lot of us subtly sabotage ourselves by listening to and even ruminating that downward cycles of thinking and reinforcing and, you know, self-doubt and negative thoughts. You need to stop feeding those thoughts. Do not feed the troll. So you can either see endless possibilities or insurmountable obstacles, and it's up to you to choose which way you want to frame the issues. And finally, this last one is my favorite one. Get comfortable with being uncomfortable. And I think this is where a lot of first-time entrepreneurs get stuck. Um, it's awfully easy for us as human beings. We don't, we don't like change all that much. And it's easy to do the same things you did yesterday or last week and tell yourself that you'll get to that other thing or that big hairy goal that you were thinking about next week or the week after, and somehow time just slips away. Another of my past guests, I think, said it another way. If you're comfortable, you are not taking enough risks. I think that's true of entrepreneurs. I think that's true, frankly, of all of us who want personal growth. So you need to keep experimenting and trying things. One idea that... uh, as my own, I didn't, I didn't see this on the soul salt side, but you know, make a list of all the things that you think you see other companies doing to promote their products or grow their business. And that can be all kinds of things. If you start just kind of looking around, reading the news, watching the, you know, LinkedIn feeds and YouTube feeds, maybe it's making a video promotion or doing live Instagram or YouTube events, posting goofy stuff on social media, holding contests, partnering with other businesses, doing press releases. There's so many different things that businesses do. And so make a list of them and ask yourself if any of these, if any of these just might possibly help your business. And if so, how would you go about doing that? As entrepreneurs, you know, we love brainstorming with others about ideas, but we often subtly shoot down and sabotage our own uh, our own thoughts. You know, why, why do we do that? The world is truly full of endless possibilities. Remember that inter- entrepreneurship is a journey. It's not a destination. 
So embrace that journey. Have fun with it. Try goofy things. Try weird things. Go out on a limb. Give yourself permission every day to do the virtual equivalent of skydiving. You know, jump out without a, uh, you know, without a safety net. For more ideas on how to restore your faith in yourself, or maybe build it if you never truly had it in the first place, I really do recommend checking out Soul Salt. As I said, lots of great practical suggestions. Now, before I wrap up this week's show, I want to put in a couple of plugs for uh, my own business and the Savvy Entrepreneur. You can find lots of free, helpful information and resources on my consulting website, globalocityservices.com. There's lots of free blogs and tools, ebooks, uh, infographics, and you'll also find an archive of all so a lot of the past savvy entrepreneur shows with lots of tips and helpful suggestions from dozens and dozens of past amazing guests on the show. Now, I've also created now a dedicated web show site, aptly titled thesavvyentrepreneur.org, and I'll be moving more and more content over there, so keep an eye out. Check out, too, my dedicated YouTube channel called The Savvy Entrepreneur Radio Show. You can listen to there and even download recent past episodes of the show. Listen to some of the past shows, like them, and even comment on them. Follow my channel so you'll be sure to catch future shows as they're posted. You'll be supporting the work of the Savvy Entrepreneur and also lots of your fellow entrepreneurs who will appreciate your help in getting the word out there about all the great things that they are doing and the phenomenal free advice that they've shared. Lastly, I want to drop in a word for our station, WLCB. We are a nonprofit radio station, and just like NPR and PBS, we depend on listener support from listeners just like you. It's easy to donate. Go to www.lakesradio.org, click the donate button. If you're interested in being a sponsor or would like to advertise on WLCB, just reach out to me at dnagel at lakesradio.org or go to the Contact Us page on the lakesradio.org website. You'll be sure to get a response back. Thanks so much for listening this week, folks. Tune in next week at 11 a.m. Central, noon Eastern, and I'll have another great guest and topic. But until then, I'm Doris Nagel, wishing you happy entrepreneurship.